Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello, welcome to the Can't Move Podcast post-match reaction. I said in the Legend Warsaw podcast that the funky music at the start did not reflect our mood at all, but this is a nice, buoyant intro as we head into a half-an-hour chat or so about Villa winning the game on the road against Chelsea. I'm Dan Ronitz, I'm joined by Frankie Maguire from the All Villa No Filler podcast. Frankie, how are you? Oh, I'll tell you what, Dan, thank you very much for asking me back on. After uh, the last time I came on, it was 3-0 to Liverpool, so I feared I might be like the four horsemen of the apocalypse, a bad sign. But instead, today, I mean, all that injury time, I don't need that in my life, I'll tell you. <laughs> um, massive win, but oh, I'm feeling the stress now. Yeah, I don't know where that 11 minutes came from. We were, we were saying just before we came on air that... Uh, Gillett wasn't it the referee a little early in the first half a minute early which you, you never see so maybe he was making up for it in the second but 11 minutes yeah. was as as well, probably as nervy as I've been over an added time at the end of a game since the playoff final and people yeah. probably correct me if I'm wrong there'll be other but 11 minutes away at Chelsea I know we had 10 men but you just thought they still made chances to be fair once they went to, down, down to 10 and you thought it only takes one kind of deflected effort to go in and we draw the game one all in this massive period of, of injury time so to finally get over the line and win on the road I think it's Villa's second win in eight on the road mm. obviously second of the season with, with Burnley the other one very important win, I thought, as well. And we'll talk about the various things that come with it throughout. But so far this season, you know, five away at Newcastle, three at Liverpool, three on, on uh, Thursday night against Legia Warsaw in Poland. To not concede at all today and keep the clean sheet is very important and to win the game. But nice to see us play in a kind of different test for us, I thought. Yeah, absolutely. It's like we passed the test, you know, the, the Thursday to Sunday fixtures, you know, everybody mm. in football talks about how difficult that is. And uh, this was a really big test, you know, after a disappointing display in Poland on Thursday. Could could Villa bounce back or would we kind of do our classic Villa thing of like, you know, go away, not really turn up, not perform. But instead, it felt like everybody stood up today. Um, yeah. every, pretty much everybody was at it. And, um, you know, I, I thought it was... Uh, you know, Chelsea fans have complained about the red card, I'm sure. Um, but, you know, for Villa to, you know, have played a really intense game on Thursday and come into this game where they've got 11 minutes of injury time as well yeah. um, to deal with that. And I think you're right. I, I don't quite know where that all came from. I know Ramsey was hurt and a little bit of time wasting here and there, but I think it was a bit of quite a long way. But then again, when Villa get 11 minutes, I'm like, you know what? I absolutely, I, I see where that came from. I know where that came from, but when, when it's against us, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm not feeling too good. But I think for Villa to have the mentality to stand up to that, you know, because, you know, you're 1-0 up away at Stamford Bridge. They are going to have more of the pressure because your inclination is going to be to sit back and to hold out against that. 
he was very impressive from Villa um, to, you know, and, and a really positive sign given the fact that we've been so bad away from home this season, conceding so many goals to finally keep a clean sheet. I think that's a really good, a good moment for Conta and Paul Torres, uh, Luca Dean as well, and Cash. It just gives them a bit more confidence, you know, with that Tyrone Mings cloud looming large that he's not there to lead that defence. The mm. fact that they could keep that clean sheet today. And, you know, I think the high line worked relatively well. There were a couple of moments that Chelsea got in, but um, I, I, I think they needed that. Yeah, definitely. There's a, a comment here from Gary Mullinson, early doors, who said sixth in the league after four away games in the first six games is very decent. Yeah, um, really good point. Don Robbie also agrees, important win after their first midweek trip deep into Europe. Obviously, mm. we had the, the hips one, didn't we? And then, was it Everton after that? Or am I getting mixed up with the order? Um, I feel like it was, yeah. Yeah, possibly. So. We thought, oh, well, Hibs game's not really going to be a factor because of the way the game went and our first test of that Thursday, Sunday will be uh, Ledger Warsaw and then Chelsea. And, you know, before before both games, you looked at them as being fairly difficult and obviously the way that um, Thursday night went with Poland, I was interested to see what reaction we would have today. Emery looked really, really annoyed for one of not trying to swear <laughs> just there uh, after Poland and, and how Villa bounced back from that. Does he read him the right act and Villa come out all guns blazing? And that wasn't really the case. I felt like we actually kind of struggled to get a, a grip of the game for the first 30 minutes or so, for most of the first half, in fact, uh, although we got better towards the end of that first half. Before the game, I, I would have been semi-content with a, a draw just to kind of break the duck of not not keep losing on the road and not conceding yeah. loads of goals. If that was a one or, or a nil-nil, I'd have been pretty happy with that. The context of the way the game goes, though, to play against 10 men for, you know, the best part of 40 minutes almost in the end. Villa have to punish the size. I, I tweeted during the game that that was a test of, of Villa's metal to see where they were. Top sides punish their opponents, don't they, when they go down to 10 and they see through the game and win and move on to the next one. And I was curious to see whether Villa could do that because we've struggled against size, haven't we, in the past when, when they go down to 10 men and sit back deep and the onus is on Villa to go and break them down. But to kind of get that over the line and win today is is massive, isn't it? It really, really is. Absolutely. Particularly getting that away result and not conceding. And, you know, it's two tests in a row. You know, Crystal Palace last week, we were 1-0 mm. down. Yeah. And we fought back. And again, you'd say the Villa of old, they probably have a lot of possession. Palace would defend, but we'd do... Kind of like Chelsea today, we'd a lot of possession, but not take any chances. And mm. instead, we came back. We won 3-1. You know, that that as I say, the Villa of old, I'm not sure would have done that. And today, again... You know, um, coming back from a Thursday night, uh, you know, tough day away that didn't work out for us to come back and win like that at Chelsea, who I know I know are struggling, but um, you know, uh, I think they've got a bit more quality about them than I think their results are suggesting, and I do yeah. feel like it will click for them at some point. Um, there were some signs from them today, particularly down the right hand side in the first half with Malo Gusto bombing on Raheem Sterling out there on the right, who's in good form. There were a couple of moments they gave us um, some problems. And I think in the first 15 minutes, first 20 minutes, we really struggled to play out. I think their press was very good in that first 20. But, um, you know, compare that to Liverpool, where we gave the ball away, conceded mm. immediately. And it was, you know, it was a tough day after that. Whereas today, although Pautaro's had that one shaky bash at the very start. Um, other, than, other than that, um, you know, we kind of held out. Eventually, I think it was more like Louise and Kamara got hold of the game in the middle, started mm -hmm. to get more comfortable on the ball. The triangle started to work. And suddenly, after about the 20, 25-minute mark, we rode out the initial, you know, um, not playing too well. And then uh, from there, sort of started to get into it And for the last kind of 20 minutes of that half, I thought. And, you know, we were unlucky not to see two absolute 
worldies, to be honest. I mean, Luca Dean and Zaniola, they must be staring into the distance wondering how they didn't score those incredible <laughs> volleys. I mean, oh, Sanchez has robbed us two gold moments there. Um, <laughs> to be fair, I was, uh, I mean, Chelsea are fascinating. I think the, the amount of money they've spent and the, the standard of their squad, I know they've got a lot of injuries, but you kind of look at, uh, at the squad they've got and think, oh, they've spent so much money and not really got anything to show for it as yet. You know, I've said in the preview that we did that maybe six months a year down the line, these players will have, have grown into their potential and, and look really good. But as of yet, you think they've spent a lot of money and, you know, what for Nicholas Jackson, as an example, mm. suspended on yellow cards already. What, five or yeah. six games of the season is, is a mad thing to, to see. You don't, you don't see that very often. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, having said all that, uh, Villa played well it, when they had to kind of kick into their own gear and, and take the onus to Chelsea. I've said the Dean and um, Zaniola ones you mentioned. Uh, that's where I was going with that point. Got distracted by the comments. <laughs> Robert Sanchez as a signing, I thought was a, a questionable one. That yeah, to, to have him as your number one, I'll kind of raise my eyebrows that a little bit. But he was very good today. Some really really good yeah. saves from him and, and, and kept them in the game up until obviously Villa score. And the same can be said for Martinez. Obviously, we've gone on to be the winning side. So some of the saves he's made one-on-one against Sterling is one that uh, springs to mind and, and others as well. He's kept mm. us in that game at nil-nil. Watkins gets his goal, as we'll discuss in a second. And uh, Martinez is massively important to us in that. But I was I was impressed with um, with uh, Sanchez in goal for them. Just quickly, yeah. we'll go to some comments. Talked about Esri Conza, uh, Trevor Summers. Conza was excellent today. Good to have Ollie on the score sheet. Also, great win. Villaman, Conza, dot, 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 wow. Marginal gains, Conza, man of the match. Mexico villain, Conza, was immense today. And finally, Simon Faulkner, Conza will be player of the season. If we're to be successful, he's absolutely vital. Uh, always nice, isn't it, when you tie a player down to a new contract and they have a great game following up uh, uh, after that. He's very, very good, isn't he? He's very good. Um, you know, I've got it written down. In, I wrote some notes during the game, and I just have in massive capital block letters, concert. Um, you know, <laughs> I don't that, know that, to describe him, just his name. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I, I think um, you know, uh, even right at the end of the game, there was a shot. I think maybe from Cole Palmer, where mm. concert stuck his foot out and blocked it. And I think that typified his display today, concert, because you yeah. know. As I say, you know, that Mings injury, it is looming large over that defence. And this is an opportunity now for Conta to step up and show why he should be picked for England, you know, and why he's a player who, um, you know, can lead that defence. And I think today was a real step forward for him in doing that. I think um, he, he, he sort of handled Nicholas Jackson very well because I did wonder, you know, in the past, you'd think a number nine, Mings is the manager, sort of gets in the way follows him around, stops him playing and Conta sort of mops up with that. Whereas today it was like Conta had to play that role. And I think Torres as well did it very well. But um, mm-hmm. I just think everything Conta did today, I think he's um, leading of the line. I think he's um, on the ball as well. He was good at you know just retaining it, getting in the way of the Chelsea players. Um, he, you know, it, it was a, it's a big moment for him, you know, with that contract signing. Big, um, you know, uh, sign of confidence from the board, from yeah. Unai Emery, that he believes that Conser can be that leading defender. And we, we need someone to step up without Mings there. And I think Conser made a big step forward today in uh, potentially being that player in defence. It was, it was a really top display from him. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go 
to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. It's only a kick, a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Yeah, we've spoken a lot about Mings, haven't we? And the impact of him missing from the side. You know, when we talk about Villa conceding goals away from home, I don't, it's all hypothetical, of course, but I don't believe Villa concede as many as they have if Mings is playing in every game this season. Some of the early goals that we've conceded as well feels like a, Tora Mings might have organised us a little bit earlier, would have us more switched on early doors. But having said that, he, obviously he's been missing and Conta has, has stepped up to the plate uh, since and, and looks very, very good, as we've said. And, and, and whichever comment it was, I've, I've missed it now. If Villa are to be good this season, Ezri Conta is, is a rock at the back. And in one of the audio-only bulletins that, that John did, which you can find on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts, John's doing like 10-minute updates of like the headlines of the day. And the day that Conta signed his contract, he was saying that, you know, Dean Smith had signed him and played him every week. Stephen Gerrard played him every week and dropped Tyra Mings, which is another conversation. Mm. And you know, Emery since has played him every week. And he is probably now behind Martinez and Watkins, one of the first names on the team sheet because he's crucial to the defence. Absolutely. Um, you know, he's been there a while now, so he's got that experience. You know, Pau Torres mm. coming in, new, new, new culture, new league, and... Conta, as I say, has to step up and sort of guide that defence in a way. And um, yeah, today was really positive. And, uh, you know, Martinez as well made some a couple of massive saves yeah. there. The Chilwell save as well. Um, so there were a couple of moments where that high line, they did get in. Um, and I think, yeah, that, that that's still going to, you know, still going to be an ad- adaptation process, I think. And there will still be chances we can see through it. But um that said, you know, I, I just am really pleased with what I saw from concert and the defence generally today. Yeah, some of that um, high line stuff and, and Chelsea getting in is just the way Chelsea played as well so far this season. That they've been caught offside so many times. When I was yeah. did the preview and spoke to Scott Trotter yesterday, who's the Chelsea reporter, you know, Chelsea's version of John, basically. Mm. Uh, we had a chat off air and he was saying, you know, we get caught offside so often that that's like how we play and we'll push further up. And if we've really got this high line, we're probably going to be offside a lot in in tomorrow's game as well, uh, or Sunday's game. He was saying on Friday, um, but the ones where we are onside, we are going to get in behind and we are going to have chances. And I was kind of nervous for that because Villa have been susceptible to that this season as well. But when you've got Martinez in goal, you have kind of got that that last line of defence to go. Well, even if they do get in one on one saves, and his reactions are, are so so good. And like I said earlier, he's kept us in that game um, on on a couple of occasions. Um, Nate says, nice to see us maintaining our two points per match return over a season. That could be 76 points. Top four, question mark. Uh, now we spoke about this in the end of the season show that we did, that Villa obviously had a great 2023, have continued that you know so far. What is it points-wise we're on now? Uh, 12 from six. So, yeah, two points a game, obviously. Um, <laughs> and that record over 2023 still looks very good. I think Villa are in the top four or, or the top five over the course of the, the calendar year. And if Villa can mm. continue that into this season, they'll go on to have a good season and despite there being a few shaky start a few shaky moments you know conceding five against Liverpool three uh, five against Newcastle three against Liverpool for Villa to be on two points per game still having four of those six games being away from home as well 
it now is a good start, isn't it? Uh, there was a, a moment in time where it was like, is this a good start or are we half of where they are? But it's a good start now. It is a really good start, you're right. And considering we had two major injuries as well to start the season with yeah, Emi exactly, Buendia yeah. and, and Tyro Mings, and then we also have Alex Moreno isn't back yet, Jacob Ramsey um, just coming back from a long injury as well. Um, for Villa to have kind of got through that, and, you know, particularly at home, to ju- I think mm. what we've looked like at the moment, if teams try and sit back against us, we just have the ability to absolutely rip them apart. And I think there's a few different factors to that. I think Paul Torres in those games where we have to be more progressive is a massive signing for us. The way he presses forward and his, those through balls where he can bypass midfield into the feet of a Watkins or a Diaby um, is really crucial. And we have a few different elements, you know, like... You know, today I was thinking, you know, um, when Malagusta was on the pitch before the red card, there was that bit of space he was leaving when he bombed forward. And I thought, I wonder if this is the game for Jacob Ramsey to maybe come into that yeah. position on the left and then burst into it um, when he, you know, when he's caught further upfield. But then when it went down to 10, it was like, actually, no, this is now the perfect moment for Zaniolo. You know, a player who's a bit, bit more of intricate, you know, a player who can maybe um, weave that, you know, find that space, make that little clever pass that might just set someone in. Um, so, you know, we do have different elements, really, um, mm-hmm. particularly in attack. I still think defensively, can can we, with the volume of games we're going to have, ca- can we, you know, go this whole season without, you know, conceding too many? Um, I still think that's going to be something to watch away from home. But at the moment, watching us play in attack as well, I just say thank you, Unai Emery. It's, uh, I mean, <laughs> it's it's a very refreshing change to what I have been used to for my entire life supporting Aston Villa, I'll tell you that. Um, let's talk about, uh, the, the uh, you mentioned the red cards. Let's do that, actually. Uh, yeah. Gusto getting sent off 55 minutes or something like that early in the second half. Uh, obviously, we're Villa fans, so we're going to be biased anyway. But was it a red card? Do you agree with the decision? Well, it came at an opportune time because they had started the half quite well, actually. Mm. Um, but uh, on first glance, I thought it was yellow because I thought he took the ball. But then the, the more I saw it, red card, I think it was. It just went in with a bit too much force. And you, the way Dean's foot twisted, uh, mm. it, uh, you know, if it was given against Filler, I'd, I'd probably be sitting there saying, I don't think... Uh, an orange card, maybe. <laughs> yeah, um, but You'd be going I, off, sit and give her, but it's harsh. Yeah, but I think the more I saw it, the more I thought, no, do you know what? I think that's a red because it just it just was a bit too dangerous, a bit too much force. And I know he yeah. caught a bit of the ball before, but it it just um, just the way Dean's leg uh, ankle twisted, it, that could have ended really, really badly. So um, I think fair enough. I think it was a red. Yeah, just it's one of those ones where you want to see physical challenges in the Premier League. You want it to be, you know, it's a contact sport. We all know that, and we want to we want to see that and, and two sides fighting it out and whatever whatever else. But the replay makes it look worse as well. The, the, the VAR showed it showed it in in real time and in slow motion from various angles. And the more you watch it, the more you see it, you think well, that that's not good. So I can mm. see why it was given as a, le- a yellow in real time. And if we didn't have VAR, you probably think, oh, it looks nasty, but I can understand it. The more you watch it, though, you think this, this has to be upgraded to a red. And I suppose the letter of the law is in, in the, you know, the modern game. You can't go up with studs up, can you? So, yes, he got some of the ball first, but he has made contact in a uncontrolled way or whatever the phrasing will be. And you can understand why it's a red. But as I said, then that then it becomes a different test for Villa because you've now got to go and break down a side who will be happy to sit in and probably take the points that... Chelsea have struggled so far. Uh, somebody earlier on said, "Yes, yeah, a great win, but it's only against the bottom half side, which <laughs> is true, isn't it? That you know they've yeah. not been good. Chelsea, where are they now? 
14th, five points from six games is is not good for for the money they've spent, and uh, uh, yeah, they should be up in the in the top four for the funds that they've had available to them. Mm. You've now got them who are probably going to be happy to sit in and think, well, if we can get a point out of this, that's a decent result against a, a good Villa side. Um, so Villa have now got to come and break them down. And, and that's something that has been an issue for us before when mm. a side is willing to sit in and we've got to go and create. You might make five or six chances and, and kind of keep pushing away and you might get one over the line, but mm. you've got to have that ability to keep creating the chances. And when Villa haven't had the quality in the past, they don't do that. Now we see Villa with a side that have got full, uh, have got lots of quality, and that if they do keep creating chance after chance, they will score. And like I said, we are going to talk about Watkins in a sec, mm. but it's another kind of box tick for me that we've beaten a side with ten men because we haven't done that in the past. Absolutely, and away, away at Stamford Bridge, I, I know what people are saying that Chelsea are not, you know, performing too well. But I've watched a lot of them this season. You know, I thought they were very good against Liverpool on the first day of the season, and uh, I know they lost to Forest. Um, but it just feels like there's that they are that they're, they're all right. They've got something about it, um, and I feel like they're they're not too far away from getting there. But um, yeah, I think uh, Villa today, you know, we we just held out really well and um, did what we had to do, and it was yeah, great, mm. great to see. Let's talk about Bubakar Kamara then. Uh, Lee mm. Bruce says Kamara's quality as well. Kamara and Conte are the two best on the pitch. And now, I don't want to say that I've been slagging him off because I haven't, but I've not. I've been unimpressed with uh, Bubakar Kamara so far this season. Underwhelmed because you know that he's the player of a certain ability, and I've got expectations of him, and I don't feel he's been hitting them so far this season. Mm. Am I fair in saying that, that was probably Kamara's best game so far this season? With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at Hyperice.com. I think it definitely was. Uh, I, I think it's been a general consensus among Villa fans as well that he's been a little bit off it. Um, what you know, Warsaw again the other night. He wasn't at the level that, and exactly as you say, you know, I think it, it's not because you know we're expecting too much from him. It's just that we've seen how good he actually is, and yeah. we know that he's better than what he's shown so far. And today, kind of from the first sort of first t- after the first ten minutes, he really set the scene then for Villa, I think. And uh got it he was he was a big him and Douglas Ruiz were a massive part of getting us back into the game, getting us a bit more yeah. control. Um and uh it was just like the Kamara of last season, you know, he was getting into tackles, get you know, um there was a, a moment I remember in the first half where Raheem Sterling was through and Kamara got back and got it off yeah. him and you know he- supporting the defence when those you know players like Sterling are running at them. And then um yeah just on the ball as well he was he was very very good uh so i think all the way through the game i think he was uh he was really top quality and i can't really think of too many moments where he made any mistakes really it was um more like the kamara of old and hopefully now he can use this performance to then you know bounce on this season and keep up that those sorts of levels 
Yeah. Uh, just onto a different midfielder. James Pierce says, McGinn looking a bit off form again. Huffed and puffed, but not himself. Tired since internationals? Question mark. Uh, I like that his profile picture there is from the Simpsons old man shouts at Cloud. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, it's one of those things that, you know, we've had critics so far on the podcast this season that when we win, if we're too negative on a certain individual or whatever, and some of that is fair. So I don't want to hone in too much on a negative when we've won the game. But yeah. McGinn, again, probably the flip side of Kamara, has had a couple of games now where I think I need a little bit more from him. I need a bit more from my captain. Yeah. Um, he was, you know, he's he's had a couple of games this season where he's looked absolutely brilliant. You know, Everton at home yeah, is one of course, that yeah. out to me. Um, yeah. I thought he was fantastic in that. But uh, yeah, maybe, maybe the international break has slightly disrupted him. Um, you, you never really know how these things actually do affect players at times. Hmm. Um, and today, yeah, I, th- I thought he was a bit off, and you could see why he came off. Um, and Bailey, uh, did, did all right actually when he came on, and I think he was throwing goal at one point and uh, blew up, for, blew up, blew the yeah. whistle to stop him going through, which was annoying. But That's yeah, it, I, I, again, I sort of think with McGinn, I, th- I think it's it's frustrating that we're not, you know, he's not been too consistent since the international break. But I guess like with Watkins, you know, we, we know what these players are capable of, and we just got to be patient. Mm. And I'm fairly certain, you know, we'll have a game. You know, maybe you'll play against Everton midweek, or maybe you'll play. Brighton, well, we'll play against Brighton at home, fairly sure of that. And, you know, maybe he'll start, turn up again and the form will come back. So I think, yeah, I can, I can see some of the frustrations, but I, I think I think he'll be all right. Mm. Uh, what did you make of the ref, by the way? You mentioned there about that one with Bailey Stone goal and he, he should have, uh, should have, should have played on. I, I don't know why you brought that back when you can bring it back at any point. Come on there, actually. Archie says, fellas, on, fellas thoughts on the ref. And they said Jared Gillett was dreadful all game. But Jared mm. Gillett, the ref who came over from the Australian League, we got the reputation of the, there was that video of him talking through VAR. And everyone was like, oh, he looks quite good. Yeah. Yeah. It's not really worked out, has it, so far? It's just a terrible game, all game, I thought, for, for yeah. both sides. Well, my girlfriend is from Queensland, Australia, which is where he's from. And so uh, I thought sort of like I had to defend him. I was like, no, he's, he's doing all right. He's all right. Um, so, but uh, no, he, um, it wasn't great. It wasn't, he looked a little bit uncertain, didn't he? And I think that mm. Bailey decision, you know, the, when the ball was through to Bailey, that was a, you know, a good example of that where it wasn't quite great. And there was one in the first half, I remember as well, where Villa were well on top. And I think McGinn had just won the ball. Conor Gallagher came in and definitely fouled him. And then it was play on, and Chelsea got a chance at the other end, yeah. which I think then led to five minutes of dominance for them. And then another occasion where I think he gave a foul to us, which was after a fairly decent challenge from, uh, I can't remember the Chelsea midfielder, on um, Watkins. Um, just a lot of decisions like that all day that you were a bit like, oh, I can't really follow where you've, you've gone here. And then obviously, first half, the, the injury time debacle yeah. I think there were two minutes missing but I'll be honest with you I was quite happy that he did blow up because <laughs> Chelsea looked like they might threaten us in that last two minutes yeah I, was, I wasn't that bothered about that one at the time to be honest yeah. although we kind of grew into the second half I thought just, just get to the one at half time and, and move on basically so I wasn't really bothered about that yeah. just quickly on the official so we're 25 minutes almost in and we haven't even spoken about Ollie Watkins the goal yeah. score yet and he's the, kind of the main topic of the conversation that's why we're on the officials the linesman's not flagging and letting play go on when it's clearly offside. We've seen it a few times this season across the Premier League and that is the rule now. I just prefer it when they're clearly offside, just flag it and move on because one of these yeah. days we're going to see something for Villa or otherwise. It might have happened already, to be fair. Someone is going to get a serious injury because they play on and collide with the goalkeeper or whatever and you'll think it was clearly offside. You should have just flagged. Yeah, particularly for a team like Villa who play a high line. Um, mm. And I feel like there's going to be a lot of that this season where our defenders are running back and 
God forbid there does come a moment where like one of our players gets injured because of that. And I think it was something silly like Conta burst back and pulls a hamstring or something and is out for six weeks. Like, that's a very annoying injury for Villa and would be massive. And you think if it's blatantly offside, you should be flagging and having this kind of thing of, oh, we won't flag because we're not sure on VR, we'll sort it. That's weak. Mm. You've got to be better as the on-field officials to make the decision in the first place. Yeah, and there, there were a couple of moments where I thought the offsides were really blatant as well, and I thought, oh, yeah. God, he could have he could have flagged for that. Um, one or two that were quite tight. I think they got a couple of wrong calls today, actually. Um, but yeah, it was. Uh, it, it, yeah, I, I, have, I have those concerns as well about the um, just particularly the way Villa play that high line, and at some point someone's going to get hurt. Hmm. Um, a couple of people have said that wasn't the Mings injury because of the late flagging, and it, I mean, if a couple of people have said it, it must be true. But I've kind of wiped <laughs> that from my memory, to be honest. Yeah. I vaguely remember that being the case as well, yeah. Well, point proven then, isn't it? When yeah. I say we'll see it at some point, we have seen it. Yeah. Um, let's go on to things that I do remember about. That's Ollie Watkins scoring his first goal of the season. Thank Christ for that. I think yeah. we can all agree. Uh, I've been sick to death of speaking about Ollie Watkins' goal drought for the last four or five weeks and the argument of, well, he worked well for the team, the goals will come, he's a proven goal scorer. I've said all my piece on it before. And I actually said on the Monday show last week that if Watkins didn't score against Chelsea, I'm not I'm not speaking about it next week. I'm sick, mm. I'm sick to death of it. Yeah. Uh, so I'm, I'm so pleased for him that he's finally been able to kind of get that off his back. And we've seen with, with Watkins in the past, he is a streaky goal scorer. He'll have periods when he doesn't score and periods where he does. And then you'd fully back him now to maybe, you know, in the next three, four, five games to get two, three, four goals and be, you know, pretty much a one in two striker. Absolutely. And uh, again, he's got to aim for England and he's just got to keep scoring. And, you know, today yeah. I thought um, Diaby and Watkins, I thought for the first kind of 70-ish minutes, weren't at that into the game, really. I think they were the two who took yeah, a while to get involved. You know, like, There's my argument about like well, Watkins works half the team. I was fully expecting to come onto this and go, well, he didn't really do that today because he was quite yeah. quiet throughout. So I'm, I'm really, really pleased he got the goal because that's, that's his contribution today. He has won us the game. And, that, and that's exactly it. And I think that kind of sums it up because I think I, I genuinely think it was getting to the moment. It wasn't too far off probably Duran coming on because he, he wasn't yeah. involved really at all. And then this sums him up, him up a bit really. You know, he, Diaby, you know, make, makes the most of a mistake, but I think Thiago Silva pushes forward, good pass to him. And Watkins, you know, first chance, hit the defender, second chance, probably catches Sanchez by surprise. And, mm. you know, that's a strike. He just kept going. Took his chance, and you know you could, you could see the relief. You know he put his uh, fingers in his ear, but then you know as he ran towards the Villa fans, looking into the sky like God, I need you know yeah. almost saying he needed that. And then after that, you know once the ball came to him, he was really good on the ball. He was yeah, much more no. involved. It's confidence, isn't it? Absolute confidence with him. Like he, there's just moments where he, you know when he's not at it, where he looks like he just his touch deserts him. He's he doesn't. It's almost like he doesn't quite believe in himself to. Yeah. You know, that he's going to work with the link-up player or whatever. But as soon as that goal went in, straight after that, for 15 minutes, he was back to the Watkins of old. And uh, as you say, I just I see him bouncing back now and going on a, you know, goal-scoring run, you know, Hatcher against Brighton, hopefully. Um, so, you know, <laughs> um, but it, I, I am really pleased for him because, you know, he means a lot to, to Villa, I think, of the last few years. And I really hope mm-hmm. his contract situation sorted because I just, I love yeah. what he contributes to the team off the ball. I know everybody says it, but it, it really is important what he does off the ball. He's such an important player for us. And, um, you know, with Duran breathing down his neck now, you know, after a few quality performances from Duran, I just think Watkins needed that. Um, and, yeah. uh it, it was a big moment for him. And uh, as I say, seeing that performance from him after that goal, brilliant. Hopefully he can now carry on playing like this uh, for the next <laughs> for the rest of the season, basically. 
he just gets in his own head, doesn't he? I think, and kind of begins to doubt himself. And we, we've said before that when he has too much time to think, when he has a chance, you think he overthinks it and he overcomplicates it, or he'll scuff a finish or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. Last season, when he was on that great run of form, he was instinctive and kind of playing off yeah. that. And that the goal almost is that, isn't it? That while he's running through on goal, he doesn't do well. I say he doesn't do great with the ball. Colwell blocks it, doesn't he? So, but you've maybe think hit it hard. I don't know. I'm maybe overthinking <laughs> it. But when the ball rebounds back to him, it's that instinctive second strike is the one that he puts away. Which is I am probably overthinking it a little bit. Um, but you know that finish is very good through the keeper's mm-hmm. legs. I don't save him, do they? So. Yeah, really, really pleased for him. I thought the celebration was both funny and interesting to first yeah. the fingers in the ears, whether that was to Chelsea fans and their you know, abuse of him or whatever it would be on the day that maybe doesn't come across. Whether it's just, you know, I'm sick of the noise kind of thing. Uh, but yeah. then, you know, like you said, hen- uh, hands in the air, looking up to the sky, really beating the badge as well, pointing at the badge, not making a big thing of that. Uh, so hopefully we follow up a, a confident Ollie Watkins with a, a new contract. And like you said, uh, you know, a handful of goals in the next few weeks up until that next international break. He's very, very important to us. And Unai Emery, the master coach, doesn't play uh, Ollie Watkins if he doesn't believe he offers something to the team, whether he's scoring or not. So, yeah, it's time to kind of back him rather than uh, slate him too much. But I understand there has been a, uh, a lot of fair uh, criticism of him, but yeah, very, very important player to us. Oh, um, Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly, it's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Is there any other parts of the game or any other individuals you want to speak about as we get close to wrapping up? Uh, I, I had Emmy Martinez's name in like concert, big capital <laughs> letters. I'll probably go and get their names tattooed on my, on my face today. I'm so happy. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think, uh, yeah, a, a concert, superb. And uh, Watkins with the goal he needed. Good to see Jacob Ramsey back as well. Looked mm, quite sharp. Yeah, yeah. Um, so hopefully we'll see more of him in the coming weeks. Zaniola had some moments of real quality as well. Just a, just an interesting player to have, I think, Zaniola, particularly with Buendia. Well, yeah. Um, but, you know, generally just have to, you know, praise the whole team really for bouncing back from Thursday, getting that win that we needed. And, uh, you know, hopefully now we can sort of look a bit more settled, uh, mm. particularly away from home. Um, and uh, hopefully the play with the volume of games we've got coming up, hopefully the players that needed to get into form are going to get in form now and uh, we can go on a good run. Just uh, on to Wednesday very quickly. We'll be doing another Clown Loop podcast uh, Monday tomorrow. Uh, and I'm sure we'll talk about that a little bit. What kind of side would you play for that Everton guy? You'd imagine yeah. both sides are going to rotate and rest. It's, it's, not, it's certainly not a priority for Everton, is it? That for them, it's all about staying in the in the Premier League. For Villa, you'd still expect their rotated side to get over the line at home. Maybe a chance for Ramsey to start. I mean, I, I, we still don't know what's happened with uh, Alex Moreno yet. I was hoping we might see a, an Ian Emery press conference update from John, but it's probably a bit too soon for that. Mm. Obviously, he got back into training over the last couple of weeks and then he's not in the squad today for unknown reasons as of yet. Mm. If he's fit though and he's maybe just missing through illness, Moreno and Ramsey to possibly start on Wednesday to get some, some game time. How would, how would you approach that? Yeah, I think I'd, I'd try and get Ramsey uh, playing as, as you know a fair chunk of that game for sure starting. Mm. Just just get back that feeling of starting a game again. And Moreno, if he is fit, you know, if he, if he does come back at all, um, I, I suspect, suspect his injury was quite severe and maybe needs to be managed a bit more delicately. Um, yeah. But uh, I think Yonder Ram definitely needs, should 
start that one. I think maybe just give it, say to him, you know, before the game, this is your chance now to play a full 90 um, and go out there. Mm. And, um, you know, you've been in such good form recently. Go out there and win the game for Villa. Um, why not? Uh, because, uh, it, as I say, it looks superb and but hasn't really started too many games or play. It doesn't feature that much. He takes his opportunities, you know, in the few minutes that he gets. So I think he should probably start. And then, um, yeah, squad, squad. Generally, because we've got so many games coming up, you know, at the moment we've got a Emery will manage that, I'm sure. Um, you know, even Chambers coming back in because he, he looked really off the pace against Warsaw. Mm. And I think maybe needs another game again because we're going to have to rely on these players through the season. Um, and so I think you know maybe he comes in as well. Uh, but yeah, at Longley as well, of course. Um, so yeah, make the most of that squad for sure. Yeah, I do have some concerns about the, the real kind of second string names, someone like a Chambers playing, you know, having to rely on him for a, a lot of minutes. But I'm only basing that really off the kind of disaster class that was the Poland game. Yeah. Um, but we kind of said with that that Emery didn't play maybe as strong a side as he should have done. But if we beat Chelsea at the weekend, that kind of doesn't make up for it, but it kind of proves the point that, you know, yeah. we've saved some of our better players for today and we have gone on to win that. So as much as I don't want to throw the Everton game and lose it, if we were to rotate and rest and not be good enough, but back that up by beating Brighton in the league, probably can't <laughs> weirdly take that as much as I want to go far in the Cups. But I think, no, don't get a, don't get the wrong message here. I think we're good enough to beat Everton with whoever yeah. we play and good enough to give Brighton a, a decent game on the uh, Saturday lunchtime kickoff as well, although that will be uh, a real, real test for us. They're obviously a very good side. Um, I think that'll do us this, this week, Frankie. Thank you very much for joining me as ever. Your second appearance on the show. I think you're the first person who's come back for, for two, so congratulations. <laughs> Thank you very that. much. Massively yeah, appreciate it. It's been really, really good. I'll leave a link to your podcast down in the comments below if people want to hear more from you. Just a quick one. Sean says, on a quick side note, Dan, what's the background with the black and red pinstripes? I've seen this comment a couple of times uh, on different videos. All of the backgrounds that we use on the platform we use to stream from are very close-up photographs of the kits. So this is the black kit from 2020, 21, I think. I'll quickly flick through them for people who care and are not people who are listening. This means nothing to you. This background is this year's kit, so you can see the sound wave things. Uh, this background is the close-up of the kit that's behind me. This bit of sleeve here is what this bit up here, um, and this one is the kazoo shirt with like the borough of Birmingham on the third shirt. So, yeah, little niche thing there to reference for sure. But I've seen that comment a few times. The backgrounds we use are close-up images kits uh, to be slightly different anyway <laughs> enough about my uh, boring behind the scenes stuff frankie thanks for joining me thanks to the 500 odd people who've been watching along with this live on youtube if you're listening to the podcast after the fact uh, give us a five star like rating and share it around we do appreciate it we'll be back on monday for another show i'll be chatting to john about all things aston villa and we'll build up to that everton game in more detail cheers everyone for watching and we'll see you tomorrow <laughs>